You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode up in Stillwater today. We are at Casting Creek, the home of Oklahoma State Golf. If you haven't been here, it's worth coming for lunch. It's worth walking down the halls and seeing the amazing accomplishments of this program. Um, and, and we're going to talk about those accomplishments today with Mr. Jonathan Moore, the strength and conditioning coach for the teams. Uh, Mate, thanks so much for joining me. It's great to be here. Thanks, thanks for having it, me yeah. here. Uh, excited to dive into, you know, your story. Um, you know, it, it's it's a story. Uh, I, I just said to you, I listened to Coach McGraw's podcast with you, which for everyone listening, it's totally worth going to. I'll, I'll link that in the description, um, and you can kind of listen to to your, you know, your your relate. You can definitely tell your relationship with Coach in, yeah, in that in yeah. that podcast. It, it, it's awesome to listen to. Uh, so I'll link that below. But um, I mean, I guess. What's it? I mean, what, tell me about kind of current life at the moment. What's it like? You know, we're coming at the back of a COVID season with with two teams that are, I mean, at the top of of D one golf. I mean, the, the girls are, are kind of competing a lot. You know, competing with the guys' reputation now, which yeah. is great to see. So, what's it like at the moment? Man, I, I'm uh, yeah, I'm really blessed. I get to be around. I get to be around excellence every single day. I mean, I really do. Um, and. Uh, you know, uh, especially on the men's side, right? You know, that that's been a standard now for a long time. And uh, just that, that consistency of always being up there at the top. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm getting more of appreciation now as kind of from a coaching side, um, my fifth year as, a, as the strength and conditioning coach of just what all goes into maintaining that type of a level for, for yeah. so many years. Um, and, you know, there's just a, there's a devotion, a commitment, a sacrifice. Uh, that that uh, not just the players are making, but you know, from the Travis Levings on the green crew to Rob Land, who's kind of running operations, to you know Ross, who's taking care of the kitchen, mm. and uh, Mike Holder, our golf coaches. I mean, it's just it's it's a it's a big deal what what people are uh, are doing and uh, with their lives to try to make this successful. So it's fun for me to get to be around. It's uh, it's inspiring. Yeah. Uh, it's challenging. Um, and uh, so it, it makes my days exciting. Yeah, no doubt. And it's great to, you know, with the history that you have with the program, obviously playing here, um, winning an individual national title and a team title, you know, it's, uh, there's not many people that can say that. Um, but to be involved with the program and have the history that you have, one of the things that, I, that when I listened to that podcast with McGraw that I could figure out was, you know, a lot of coaches come in and they haven't done it right mm-hmm. they just they just you know they're, they're good coaches but but they haven't been there they haven't had that putt for national championship you know they haven't had the shaky knees or you know yeah. like i think you like you said you had to tell yourself to pull the putter Ooh. back when you yeah. when you had the winning point in the walker cup like yeah. all, all of that stuff like you know and because they know that about you you know it must i, I as a player would think that it, it would be easier to speak to you about those situations right you can relate to the kids more yeah. uh, and that that just makes you on a better level and on a, an even level to them as a coach and and without even opening your mouth you know you have that respect and you know and the fact that even if it was 15 years ago 
they know that you know you played Walker Cup you know you you, play, you won a national championship you played Eisenhower like that's a big deal to these kids even yeah. if they're not from the states yeah you know yeah it's thankfully like you know our coaches Alan Bratton and Donnie Dar and on the women's side Maddie and Greg I mean they they uh, they are they really are about history you know the history of the program and so they do a good job of of kind of not just my history with the program, but all the former yeah. players of kind of speaking to that. And, um, and so it does help, you know, the players get a chance to hear kind of what, what my journey and my story has been like. Um, but, you know, quickly that, yeah, that means something to them. But then it, I'll tell you what, it really comes down to, they got to know you care about them. I mean, that's first and foremost mm-hmm. as a coach, like um, they got to know that you care about them. And once you kind of earn their trust uh, and they know that you're, you're yeah. there for them and, uh, uh, then it, it's fun what you get to start, you know, getting parts of their lives you get to start getting involved in that. Um, for me, you know, I think you kind of asked, you know, we were saying ahead of time, well, what is there any direct, I mean, just kind of why you do what you do. I mean, that's why I do it. I mean, it's uh, this is a vehicle for me to get to come alongside uh, these young people and uh, try to make a difference mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah, and, and I mean, you've had great mentors in your life and great coaches throughout that did the same for you, right? Yeah. So you kind of leading, you know, you, you've seen firsthand what it was like to for be sure. in that seat as a student going through for whatever sure. it is that, you know, class schedule or, or you know, girlfriends or, or you know, or, 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 you know, a family stuff, whatever it is, like, you know, on both sides now yeah. what that feels like. Yeah. But going all the way back, where, where does golf start for you? Where, where's that kind of first moment that someone puts a club in your hand and, and yeah. you, that you remember? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, you know, as a family, we started to kind of play a little bit. Uh, we joined a country club when I was about six years old in Vancouver, Washington. So a uh, very southern part of Washington state. And, uh, and so that was kind of my first introduction to it. Um, we'd go to the local driving range a little bit. And then my dad ended up joining a course. My, my dad's story in golf is kind of unique. Never played golf until he was 14. Damn. Was a pastor's son. And he was traveling up and down the West Coast taking different pastoral positions settled in Oregon and there was, they moved next to the best amateur and junior amateur in the state of Oregon, um, the Light family. And my dad, it was everything that he didn't get to, to do in his life, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and so he joined, or he started working at the course that they were uh, members at and uh, just to get playing privileges. And my dad, you know, he's just a special guy. And after a while, just kind of being around it and absorbing it and practicing as, you know, whatever way he could, he actually got a scholarship to play NAI at Point, Point Loma Nazarene College. Yeah. Uh-huh. Played two years, realized getting into business is what he was going to do and, and was done. Um, but just pretty, pretty remarkable, right? You know, and so right. in a lot of ways, my golf story goes back to just sort of just kind of the special person that he is. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, so in his mind, if he was going to have a kid that played golf, which really never set out for me to play golf, um, he wanted to give him a different opportunity than what he had, you know? So it's, it's a little bit that first, second, third, gen- you know, where, uh, yeah. you know, my grandfather did everything he could to set up my dad. And then my dad did everything he could to set up me. And, um, and I maybe was the one that kind of reaped some of the benefits, at least in the, the sport of golf from, yeah. that, you know, um, yeah. but, but we were definitely, we were a baseball family. That's what my brother was doing. And, you know, some people that have, have heard my story know that my brother passed away when he was 12 and I was eight. And uh, about a week after my brother passed away, we're, uh, I'm playing baseball, throwing balls around, and I'm on second base, and I'd gotten a new mitt, 
and it hadn't quite loosened up enough yet and I go to open it and it comes right over the top, hits me in the nose and just, my dad said he heard the pop from behind <laughs> home wow. plate. I mean, I, I still can only get about 10, you know, I have like 90% blockage in, in one of my nostrils from, <laughs> from that. And, yeah. uh, and so a week later after my brother passed away, we're in the same hospital with me now getting my nose messed on. And I told my dad as we were driving, leaving the hospital, I said, dad, I don't want to play baseball anymore. I said, that was Joel's deal. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. uh, and he goes, well, okay, that's, that's fine. And I told him, I said, I'd really like to play golf. And, uh, and he goes, oh, perfect. You know, so, yeah. um, so for us, Golf was kind of a how I started was unique, um, and it really was a, a blessing to my family. So just uh, you get to spend a lot of time together, uh, mm -hmm. families. You know, you did it. Um, it takes an effort, not just from yourself, but that family. And so yeah. we got to spend a lot of time together because of that. And I think that 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 was there was a lot of healing involved for my parents mm -hmm. uh, after losing my brother with that. And so um, it's a special deal, golf. Yeah, it is, and and you don't realize it when you're a kid and you're in it, right? You yeah. don't. You just think that dad or mum's driving you somewhere right. because that's right. just what you do, yeah, right? And, exactly. And then you get to like you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and you're off on your own, or you're driving your own places, and, and you're just like, oh, this is a little different yeah. now, right? Because yeah. you remember that you know like your dad or your mum would take you, you know, to wherever, and, yeah. and those golf tournaments were, in, and you know they were all over the country, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, you at the time. Like I said, you don't really realize it and you don't have enough appreciation for it at the time. No. But looking back, you're like, I mean, that's some, I mean, it doesn't have to be golf, right? Like right. some of the sports that these kids play now, baseball, you know, volleyball, yeah. whatever it is, like soccer, I mean, the, the schedule is chaos. Yeah. You know, yeah. There is no time off. Right. Right. So right. it's, uh, parents are special for sure. Especially athletes, you know, uh, parents of athletes are definitely are. special. We're getting into it a little bit now with, uh, I mean, my daughter, she's almost, I mean, she, she'll be seven in, in May, so she's super young, but uh, she's a good little gymnast and she gets to, yeah. gets to do uh, on a team and uh, uh, they have a few competitions and we're about to do our first out of town meet down in Norman uh, this weekend. And yeah. so, but we're excited. It's just fun. You know? Super competitive. It well. is. Yeah, it's competitive. Right. I mean, they're, uh, it's, uh, it, it, but I just, I had parents that thankfully were uh, just amazing. They, uh, you know, gave me every opportunity, never felt like I was, had to pay them back in any way or owed them anything. Yeah. Um, they were just kind of happy to, um, to be a part of it and, and support me in it. So, yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to doing that with my kids. Yeah, no doubt. So, so you take to golf, you know, you say to dad, I, I want to go for golf and, you know, in that kind of period, I guess you, you, you get stuck in. What was, I guess the first, um, I guess kind of big tournament that, that you were like, you know, like this has gone from just being a hobby now to, you know, okay, I'm pretty good in my state, you know, yeah. or regional, whatever. Like, because when you're a kid, you play local tournaments, don't you, right? And yeah. then you think, you know, someone someone who might have a son that's older than you or a coach or whatever might say, oh, yeah, you should, you should come to this tournament, right? Right. right. Like, because the state is so big and there's right. amateur tournaments. I mean, we know all of them now, but when you're growing up and you're coming from a family that doesn't necessarily know or travel that much right, right. I was the same way like I, my parents we didn't know anything about the golf schedule in right, Wales we right. just played local stuff yeah so what was the kind uh, of like that first yeah I know I'm trying to remember how we kind of heard about some of these events to, to go to um but I was I believe 11 when I got a chance to play the junior world for the first time mm -hmm. um and and I, and I think I had to qualify for that. I think there was a, every year, and so that's probably how we heard about it. And in yeah. Oregon Junior Golf, um, there was a qualifier, and so I qualified for it. And and we went down to San Diego. We had 
my mom has family from that area and so um, that was kind of fun for us to head down head down to San Diego but you know so that probably was kind of the start of sort of this mm-hmm. it's bigger than just the peewee division in, yeah. in Oregon um, you know I'll never forget I, I met Matthew Rosenfeld for the first time there mm-hmm. and uh, you know the not everyone knows the name of Matthew Rosenfeld because he's not winning on the PGA Tour but from the age of nine to probably 16 17 years old he was in my age time he was the best player by a long run I mean the amount of tournaments he won was unbelievable so so all of a sudden your eyes get open to things like that and you start seeing wow and uh, and I was a dreamer I mean I was someone that I I loved to kind of dream about trying to Mm -hmm. big goals and and having putts to win the biggest events possible and thinking I could be 12 years old and win the U.S. Amateur, you know, just uh, I was always dreaming way beyond what I was capable of. And um, but that's how I was. That's what inspired me. That's why I'd get out on the cold days for a little bit like you in Wales, the Northwest. It's brutally, you know, just kind of short days, dark, rainy, early, you know, and so you'd get an hour after school of a little bit of light in the cold rain. And I just remember, you know, chipping and putting, thinking I was, you know, going to really be great. Um, and, uh, and so that was fun. I mean, that was, uh, that was really, but, but it was definitely the U S junior, I think qualified for when I was 13. Um, and that really was kind of what began the uh, the dream of coming to here. So that's right. where I met Coach Holder for that the first time. That put you on the radar, didn't yeah. it? Because you were like, yep. I mean, as a 13 year old, was it semis or you got? Two? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I just I qualified for match play. Okay, so, okay. But at the okay. time, that was the youngest ever qualified sure. for match play. Um, and uh, you know, and so by then I was very now on the map as far as you know the the national scene and, yeah. and knew who all the best players in uh, in our country were and yeah. was even starting to see international players like Christo Grayling and you know Aaron Badley mm-hmm. and um, you know so my yeah. my dreams got bigger <laughs> yeah well, when you you know the, your eyes open but you've also you know you're on the in spotlight and you probably around that tournament you know you got people coming up to you congratulating you shaking yeah. your hand saying yep. you know well played and like right. who are these people right. Right? right and then you know whoever's there with you like oh that's that's coach of wherever exactly Oh, those guys! Those guys yeah. are pretty good, right? Yeah. Maybe I can go there one day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it just it, it kicks from there, and you you are full into you get from that from that. I guess you get invited then to yeah. a Western Am yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Like yeah, from there now, yeah, the you know all of the big AGAGA tournaments, yeah. all the big independent tournaments. Um, yeah, I think junior golf is is much better now because there's more opportunity for everyone. Um, you know, when I was playing, it was basically like being on the PGA Tour. I mean, right. you, I mean, there was, and and the amount of resources that took for a family to be able to make that happen, um, I think left some people out of it for sure. So I do think it's really nice how you have so many more opportunities locally where yeah. you can drive and get to, and and these events are they mean something, and and they get on these national scoreboards, and and you can kind of mm-hmm. coaches can find out about them. So when I was playing, I mean, you'd go from one you know independent national event to then maybe a AJGA and then another. I mean, it was yeah. you saw the same people, and it was like you kind of were all traveling around. So it was a lot of fun. Um, it yeah. really was, and uh, and I got to yeah I got to start doing that at a pretty young age, and. Um, and then, but I always tell people, you know, you don't, you don't set out to play pro golf or set out to play at Oklahoma State. It just, right. it just kind of one thing leads to another and, and leads to another. And yeah. um, before long, you know, you're, uh, uh, it's just, you yeah. know, the opportunity happens. How, I guess, how then, how was that process from, you know, like getting to Oklahoma State then? Because, yeah. you know, when you're in that area, you know, you're growing up in the Northwest and you've got schools coming to you saying, 
you know, come to Florida, come to right. California, right. like come to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. Like, you yeah. know, so yeah. what, what was that process like? Well, so I was, um, you know, the next year when I was 14, you know, I had a really good summer when I was 13 mm-hmm. and now 14 was probably my first dealing with expectations um, and no one expecting anything other than just me now right. having unrealistic expectations. And uh, uh, and I didn't play very good as a 14-year-old okay. and to my standard, at least what I thought I should. And, and you know, you started learning about these players that, you know, were, were doing well on the junior scene. Um, you know, Ty Tryon was one of them. Mm-hmm. People might remember that name. And gosh, he had such a beautiful golf swing. And you, know, you started noticing some of these really good-looking golf swings. They were coming out of the Ledbetter Junior Academy at the time. And I begged my parents at the end of that summer to let me go to, to, uh, to the IMG Academy. And the Ledbetter Junior Academy was there. I mean, I begged them. And uh, they said yes. And without seeing the place, there was no time to get anything set up. Just went down, got me checked into yeah. school. Um, I lived there for a semester by myself. I said, do you like it? I love it. Okay, we're so got, got a condo down there. My mom was with me full time and my dad was with me most of the time. And so uh, uh, just, uh, and we, for that experience, for some people, I don't think it is has been great, you know, and then for others, it's been okay. And for, mm-hmm. for us though, it was a really positive experience. Um, yeah. My family was there, so I wasn't missing out on that. Um, and then, Man, just getting out of the cold Northwest, and long sunny days, um, and I was just—I I was really into it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I had a love for golf that maybe was uh, maybe somewhat unnormal even at that age, you know. And, and uh, it was okay that uh, you know I think some people got burnt out in that setting. Yeah. Um, I just loved it. I mean, I just I ate it up and, and couldn't wait for the next day. So uh, so that really that really helped, you know. I mean, that was. Uh, helped me get better. Uh, it'd been interesting, you know, you, can, you never know like how good would I have got if I'd have just stayed in my hometown sure. and kept playing basketball and kept playing golf and to what level, I, I don't know, you know, you just, you never know, but, um, I do know it was a great experience and, uh, yeah. um, yeah, thankful for it. Well, here. and you're in the place where like all the coaches are going to, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's the main thing is yeah. that, you know, that that's, they know, because they know that it's reliable to yeah. go to Ledbetter Academy and find right. kids who, right. Are, you know, at a young age who are, you know, solely focused on playing golf. Yep, exactly. So. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was almost, it was really kind of an interesting place because it was, uh, you know, it was almost experimental in a sense, you might, you might say, you know, yeah. it was just, uh, it was kind of. Not what it is does, today. Yeah, does this concept work, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and so I don't think a lot of the best players are coming out of those type of settings anymore. I don't think it, mm. I don't think you have to do that. And, uh, but there for a little while, I mean, the top players in our country, a lot of them were kind of finding their way right. to that to that place. Yeah, um, didn't necessarily always translate further on down. But sure, those junior years, yeah. Yeah. What was your What was your first trip? I guess up to Stillwater, like was from. I guess you we were coming from Florida. At that yeah, point. I was coming from Florida. Um, I was actually verbally committed to Georgia Tech, okay. and uh, but. Uh, do you have I, friends that went to Georgia Tech? Is that where you wanted to go? I, I, what happened was I then really got it going again when I was 16 and had a really good okay. summer um, and won several times in some big events, the Western Junior and Oregon State Amateur. And so it was really, and again, people were starting to almost like turn pro at a young age. It was just weird stuff was going on. Yeah. And my dad wanted me to have more of kind of like a long term, like don't be in a hurry. And mm-hmm. so we actually started looking at some schools. We went to University of Florida because we were living down there we went to Georgia Tech um, 
And we kind of thought Georgia Tech seemed like a great spot. And, yeah. and I was 16, probably too young to make a verbal commitment, but I did. Uh, although that's, you know, almost <laughs> late in the game now, you right. know, but yeah. at that time that was on the young side. And, and uh, but about a year, oh, maybe not even a full year of living with that commitment. I just realized, man, I never saw the place that that was my inspiration, you know, that I really was dreaming about going to, which was here. Um, told my dad that. He's like, oh, gosh, I, I messed up. I intervened too, too quick. Um, so we got in the car and we drove here. And, I mean, it was this place is amazing. I mean, just from yeah. walk through the front door. Um, I probably even began at the gate, though, just this. You know, uh, you, you see places like that, the Honors Course in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You know, there's some of these most special places. You don't even know they are there. You know, there's just this, there's no real signage for it or yeah. anything. And, you know, this long drive in here and then walking through the into the clubhouse. And it was kind of a cool fall uh, fall day. And it was it was amazing. So just seeing, yeah. seeing this facility, uh, walking down the halls, like you mentioned, and the golf course practice facilities. It, I was sold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and I tell people this, you know, it, I told them this on the podcast before because we've, we've talked about it before, but when you walk up here and you walk in the door, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's hard to say no. Yeah. Right? Really, you take one walk down that corridor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's special. Yeah, there's, there's a, I mean, it, without, like, not trying to come across in a, like a, I mean, because other, I know there's golf is important a lot of places, but mm-hmm. there's, I mean, there, there's, I can really feel like confidently say, I don't think there's another school that cares about it like we do here, right? It just is, uh, um, it is such a priority um, for, for us. And, uh, um, and really, you know, I, the facilities were amazing, but Mike Holder was the reason, I mean, you know, that was the reason I wanted to come play here. So uh, the facility added to it, but I was inspired by that guy. I mean, that was, um, you know, he inspired me. He, uh, and that was who I wanted to come play for. So, um, so it's, it's interesting now because this whole, I think everyone thinks it's about facilities, 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 and that's what everyone's kind of doing. Right. Um, is, you know, I think Ole Miss, I heard put in a par three course that's lit and has Bluetooth and, you know, and, right. and, and that's great, you know. That's awesome, you know. And and uh, but uh, you know, I think I think we're selling something different here. Even though our facilities are are amazing, um, and and so you, you hope you get really really talented players. That's what you ultimately need is really really talented players. But hopefully, what we're selling is inspiring to them, and it's not just about right. private jets and par three courses that have Bluetooth and lights. You know, yeah. it's uh, we're doing it for something different. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the Anthony Kim version of golf. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Plenty of people will know that little slight nudge. Yeah. Uh, but no, you're right. Like, cause I, I wasn't su- when I came up here. I was surprised at how, um, like how simple it is. Yeah. Right. Because it's it's just golf. Yeah. Right. It's not like I said. It's not like all that other stuff that takes you away. It makes you you know like okay, you might look good. Right. Right. Like I you know if you you've seen plenty of YouTube videos of, of you know, I think it's Iowa State's practice facility and right. ASU's and like, right. they look magical right. and I'm sure they're great teams, but right. at the same time, like, you know, like records, records are, are yeah. you know, fact and truth. Yeah. And like, if you go into a place that's won a bunch of times, right, or has produced the most players, that's probably where you should go right. rather than, you know, playing yeah. music or whatever decibel you want to play it at, yeah. you know, like you solely focus on golf. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh 
that's definitely comes across when you, when you step in the door up here. Who who was a part of your freshman class when you got here? Um, awesome freshman class. It was just just me and uh, one of the most fascinating people you'll ever meet is Pablo Martin Benavides. Okay. So, um, and he and Reese actually, we were talking about Reese Davies earlier. Um, they played in the finals against each other at the British Boys. Um, and uh, Reese beat him, you know, yeah, yeah. Reese beat him that year. So Pablo had won, I think, a couple years prior, but that time when they were 17, 18, Reese beat him. So yeah. Royal County down. But, um, anyways, just uh, it was just the two of us, and as freshmen, um, and he <laughs> didn't speak hardly any English, um, just a, a happy go lucky, goofy guy, uh, as talented of a person in golf uh, as you'll, you'll ever be around. So he could do things with the golf club that were special. Um, yeah. And so, so that, was, that was just really fun. Fun to get to, we were roommates, um, completely different walks of life, looked at life completely different, uh -huh. um, but became great friends, uh, yeah. which is really neat. Um, yeah. Still, uh, he sent me WhatsApp videos just and uh, messages. Just, is he still playing European tour? He's not, no? he's not, he's not playing the European tour. Um, he was though, right? He did go back and play. Yeah, 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 he, he won once, that he won as an amateur in college. So the first time to ever win a European tour uh -huh. and as an amateur was Pablo Martin. He won the Portuguese Open. And then he won the, uh, uh, I can't remember what they call that, but uh, I think it's like the Dunhill, but the one in South Africa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. The, the Dunhill. Still the Dunhill. Yeah. Still the Dunhill. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, he won that twice. And nice. uh, I mean, the kind of guy he was is the second time he won it, he was in the finals of Q School over here in the States and playing horrible. And finally it was like, ah, I've played four rounds and like just withdrew. Yeah. Uh, and gets on a plane, flies to South Africa, and then wins. You know, and, and so I mean that that's how good he was. I mean he could just uh, he could go from you know looks like he's you know can't even get his you know right corn fairy card you know but then then just goes and wins out there. Yeah, so. yeah. But boy, I'll tell you what, if you ever get him on a podcast, that'd be interesting and just just his story to to hear because he had a really uh, mm -hmm. has had a really rough go with uh, uh, his family dynamics okay. and. Uh, um, just uh yeah it, it would be a podcast that would be we should interview him together because yeah. you know a lot yeah, about the backstory we should, right we should. so he hopefully he's gonna he was here this last spring um and he's gonna be trying to get back over here again this spring okay um we could time that up. it would be the best podcast i think you ever did yeah that would be awesome to get to get that uh and get the backstory and also have kind of the dynamic of you two and your stories yeah. there as well i just sit back and listen that'd be yeah. awesome um but listening to your story and doing a bit of research you had some troubles at freshman year you'd yeah. been lifting right and pulled a muscle in your back yeah with so back just, issues. yeah i was really into working out and and i don't i didn't hurt it working out but I, I think what i understand about the body now is you know i was developing a body that then when i was going to swing a golf club you know i, I didn't have the you know kind of the right mobility and stability and, and strength in the the proper places it was uh it was helping me get better at olympic lifts and uh, those type of things. But, um, so anyways, I, uh, I got hurt coming in here and, you know, yeah, you talk about how different Pablo and I were. I mean, he, he almost was player of the year that year. I think Ryan yeah. Moore just barely nudged him out. So first team all American freshman of the year and, uh, and my game tanked. I mean, it just yeah. it started shooting kind of high seventies and next thing, you know, low eighties and then high eighties, low nineties. And I mean, I shot 54, I think on the front nine once and coach Holder was like, I think it'd be good if you just go practice, you know, I mean, just called the mercy rule on me. And, and, right. uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. I mean, uh, 
but uh, two stories about how hard it was, but then all, one story about how hard, but one about how uh, great Coach Holder was. One was, first one was, we got done playing and there used to be not nice steps coming up 18. There was kind of boulders that you would scale up to get uh, kind of up the hill. And we got done and not a lot of us played that good, but some of us played really bad. And he said, you know, you guys just don't appreciate the value of a stroke. And you don't appreciate the fact that these aren't just your strokes. You know, these, these strokes, there's a lot of people that care about these strokes. And so you're going to learn a little something about accountability today. For every shot that you stroke you shot over par, you're going to walk up and down this hill, up these boulders with your bag over your head. Um, and, you know, I was shooting in the 90s at that time, you know, so just Jeez. up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, but I, I can tell you, I, I don't remember like... I mean, I wasn't like cussing and saying, right. you know, I want to transfer, you know, like while I was doing that. I mean, it was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, I came here to try to help us win a national championship and, and, and play for this man that I, I just have so much respect for. Like, um, you know, but then also um, during that time when I was really struggling, he came out and just kind of watched me play a few holes, just almost kind of caddied for me. It was kind of I teed off late in the day and he caught up with me and mm -hmm. and uh I mean, I'm shooting so, you know, so poorly at this point. And uh, he goes, you know, John, I think you could still be one of the best players we ever have at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so it was just, you know, it was a lot of great lessons. Um, you know, I felt like it was just loved being here because there was accountability. Uh, there was a standard of excellence that you, um, you know, just uh, you, you were trying to, you were, you were striving and trying to be the best you could be. Yeah. and, and I think McGraw on, on the podcast you guys did called it the greatest comeback in college golf. I think that <laughs> yeah. those were his words. Yeah. Uh, and and but but what I what I took away from that is that you guys had coffee every Thursday. Yep. Every regardless of like right. just just I don't care about golf. Let's talk about life. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is in back to what you said earlier. It's about humans, not yeah. just golf. That's exactly right. I mean that that thankfully this this community of Stillwater. Um, you know I think uh, I think we've had some interesting situations happen here recently on the women's team with some players that have that have left mm -hmm. and uh you know I, I think the big thing some of these these young people are missing right now is is not actually getting involved in this community right. um and you know with covid you can take every class online uh so both of these players were just that's all they were doing they were taking online classes only um but man when you get a chance to get out into this community and and just be a part of kind of the, the college life and and then meet these these people that they're kind of here because they're trying to come alongside young people in college as well and, and make a difference in their life um it's it's a special place and so um that that happened for me when i was in college and uh, yeah. i tell people all the time my golf game had never been better but or never been worse but my life had never been better so mm -hmm. um really thankful for that lesson no i i totally agree with you because i i watched isa's i interviewed isa um last year yeah in the last year mm -hmm. um and you know and then watched her recent video that she posted and i was shocked when to say that yeah. you know she's entering the portal there and then watched the video and was like you know it's not about golf i'm just not kind of happy outside of golf and you're right like i can't imagine like classes online and you're isolated and you know you're just kind of I mean, it's not easy to play golf at this right. level. Right. You know, you got a lot of pressure on you. Right. It's extremely competitive to make yep. that top five, top five, even if you are one of the best players on the right. team. Right. 
you know, and then you've got external pressure because you're from out of state, you're from out of country, you know, you've got country obligations to go play and travel and, and all yeah. this stuff going on. And you just kind of think, I just want to take a step back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and I, I, I watched the video and I was, I, you know, I, I a lot of respect for that because yeah. it takes a lot to just say, I'm not doing okay. Yeah. Like, you know, like hopefully we'll be on this planet for a little longer than, than the next whatever for many years, right? And, and taking some time away is going to be better in the long run. Right. So, you know, as, as bad as it seems for, you know, the program maybe, or just initially when you think, why is she leaving? You know, especially when it's a female, right? You think, well, what's gone on? Right. right? Initially, like your snap yeah. thought is sadly, well, you know, what's happened? There's something's going on in Oklahoma State. Um, but when I'm glad she put that video out because it cleared up a lot of stuff. And yeah. I sent it to a few buddies and just said like, because they were asking me, they knew I'd interviewed her and, and I was kind of like, wanted to know what the story was. And I said, well, like, you know, it can't be easy right like yeah. you know i played d2 golf and it wasn't it was okay but it, you know there are times where you're just like i missed home i didn't want to you know just yeah you know th- th- it's hard to replicate that um but no and it comes back to being involved getting in the community and you know the beauty of this town is that they are going to rally around you yeah. regardless if you're a golfer if you play football if you're right. a cheerleader it doesn't right. matter like if you're an oklahoma state student yeah. like that means something yeah, in this town does. doesn't it, it so does. Um, you know, and, and I tell a funny story that I brought my my father-in-law's a KU fan, brought him to the KU OSU football game, and he's six five, big Native American guy, walking around Stillwater on game day, and like three people came up to him and said, "Welcome to Stillwater," uh-huh. and I was like, "This is not how this is supposed to yeah, go. People yeah. are supposed to be giving you shit, right, like you, right, know, for, right. you know, for being not from not from being a Oklahoma fan." Uh, <laughs> I was just like, you know, and. and be, yeah, it, it, that was kind of really funny and kind of a testament to how cool this town is. Yeah. Um, but I guess back to you know your your you know the, I guess your redshirt freshman year was was like the comeback, right? Yeah. You yeah. start getting confidence and build it, finding something. You had yep. a good you, good summer, good summer before you came back I to did. school, right? Started to kind of get it going. I, thankfully, my first tournament that I got to play in was at my home course, so I I got back home. Yeah. And, all right, I first went down to to Florida and kind of had a coaching change and started working with a guy named Kevin Smeltz. Um, and, uh, you know, just had some different thoughts on what I was doing and, um, you know, just got the club kind of moving on a little bit better path, uh, through the ball. And, and, uh, you know, now it's, um, you know, think now it's, uh, also, you got to kind of get through this, this, you know, really just full swing yips you've been dealing with, you yeah. know, where, um, it's it's hard you know it's hard to uh when you've seen yourself hit enough bad shots for a while to kind of really start trusting it again and uh so the good news was there was enough difference it was kind of a different feel and so i i didn't necessarily have a a history with this feel yet you know Mm -hmm. so i started to kind of get to develop a a positive history i guess with it and uh, got to play my first tournament at a course my home course i grew up at in the northwest i'd won that tournament when i was 16 and and uh, you know, I had a chance to win the event. Ended up finishing, I think, second or third, and and it was kind of the start of yeah. uh, sort of the comeback, you know. And uh, uh, I, I think you know that that summer taught me a lot, and it helped me throughout the rest of my career. And that you know, when I was struggling, I never just kind of stopped. You know, I kept kind of playing. Um, and I think that's uh, I think that's a good thing. I, I think you know, just to kind of. Just to kind of stop playing, I think. Well, geez, where you need to play well is in the tournament sitting right. setting, and so and and if it's more times than not, I mean, 
it is what's going on between our ears that's mm -hmm. causing us to struggle, uh, especially at this level. You know, you, yeah, you might feel a little something different in your swing or that, but it's it's what's going on in in your head that's making the difference. You know, uh, and so you gotta you gotta be able to play in that situation, and so kind of yeah. keep keep putting it on the line, keep getting out there. I think I think helped me. Maybe that's not the answer for everyone, but I think it uh, it probably in some ways. Maybe it caused me to get worse in the as I was going downhill, but it maybe accelerated the process coming back because right. I didn't just get confidence from, oh look, I hit a nice shot on the range. It was like, no, this is now you know the Western Am, and I just finished yeah. second place in the stroke play. Okay, so things are actually right. coming around, you know, like so you're hitting shots and you're having results that give you true confidence uh yeah. not just kind of playing casually where it's not the same environment so so i think that kind of helped the climb come back as well uh, yeah but i had to deal with out here you know i mean once i got back to school this you had scar like, tissue you know, out here right tons of scar tissue <laughs> I mean, I mean, people I'll, stand on any t-box out here yeah. they, they'd never played you before and they will have scar tissue yeah. anyway yeah you know I mean, like it's, it's 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 uh yeah i mean there's there's courses like this around the world um but you know it's 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 unique there's there's no bailout you know so, Zero. You, yeah. so you have to just be fully committed um and have at it you know there's yeah. there's no i uh, hope you know and just holding on and then you get the wind blowing and then that accentuates yeah. that and so you need to hit that thing right on the nose solid and uh and really send it yeah. um and so it's a great place to learn to learn to, you know, that mentality. Um, most courses you can kind of, oh, well, I'm going to bail out a little bit on this side. I mean, there's trouble there, but I can kind of, so you kind of almost learn to just play defensively all the way around and yeah. you might end up with a decent score, but, um, you know, I think you see Victor Hovland's game. I mean, he's just, man, it's yeah. all systems go and, um, he's a great ball striker. And so that suited him out here and he got better at that over time. But yeah. man, by the time he left here, I mean, I think he felt like, you know, he could hit the ball on a string and, and you know, never saw balls go into the weeds out here. And so it's a great proving ground. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Right. Like, you know, when you, when you go anywhere else other than here, you're like, oh, this place probably feels like a field. Right. You know, it's exactly. like if I can stand on, you know, it's that, and a lot of the par fours out here, depending on wind direction, you have to hit driver. Yeah. You know, you can't just like squeak a three iron out right. there and knock a four iron or five iron on the green. Like right. you're hitting driver and you're in right. mid to long iron in. Right. Like, it's, exactly. real, it's real golf, it's you know. Real golf. So yeah, real couldn't golf. couldn't think of a better proving ground for you know these kids to go on to be you know the best players in the world. Yeah, and you know and, and win tour events like yeah, yeah. I mean Bay Hill a couple of weeks ago, right? Was was I mean they all the, all the players are kind of moaning about the conditions and I mean it, it was a bloodbath coming down the stretch, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's just oh, like exactly. someone's going to emerge from this, right? Um, you know, and even with with you know not not their best golf, like obviously Victor finished second, right, and then you have Taylor finishing T seven, I think is what yep. it was. Like it's 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 special for sure yeah. to to you know, and and you see it you now. Being a European Tour fan, like you know Alex Noren is is probably like the one who's most current, right? Come from yeah. here, that's oh, and obviously Victor, but um, it's great to see. And we like, were a team, Alex and I. Great. We had a year together, so okay. my first year was his last year. Yeah, and uh, another really special talent, really really talented guy, and uh, yeah, super lighthearted, um, just friendly, great. I remember, my parents always loved how kind he was to them, and mm -hmm. and really hard worker. He was he was the hardest worker on our team that year. So really? for sure, yeah. Was he just yeah. still working on hitting fades all the time, or did that not come in yet? Because <laughs> all he does is, now is yeah, hit fades. Yeah, right? that that sort of started to come in. Yeah. Um, like he started working with Pete Cowan 
pretty shortly after school and yeah you, know, you started seeing some of that move but so that freshman year then the end sorry, the end of your red red shirt, red shirt freshman year you win the maxwell which sadly isn't what it is today yeah. what it was back then yeah it was a fun event was, was that to us down in dornick dornick hills yeah so you go win that and mm-hmm. then you win regionals and then you win nationals yeah i mean e- epic run obviously for anybody in any division but Tell me about the the, the Dornick Hills because have you been down there since they've renovated it? I haven't. Oh, you well, know they've taken yeah, the I haven't been down there right? since. Yeah, I, I need to get down there. I hear it's great. Yeah, so. I, I hear it's great too. And we have the U.S. Mid-Am qualifiers there this year and the Oklahoma Stroke play. I think. Oh, um, cool. It will be down there. Yeah. So you have a great excuse to go down. And I think they brought it back to sort of what it was. Yeah. You know, a long time. Taking ago, out a ton of trees. But, but yeah. What? Uh, well, I mean. What, what was Dornick like back in the day when you were down there playing against, you know, Oklahoma's yeah. best? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, uh, you could get at it. I mean, you could, yeah. uh, it wasn't a long golf course. The ball and technology had kind of already made it outdated from that standpoint. Um, you know, there was holes you could drive it up on the green. There was yeah. a couple of those holes. And the cliff hole uh, 16 wasn't the challenge that it, you know, mm-hmm. it once was. You know, I mean, you were, uh, uh, I think I've, I've told Coach Holder this recently, and he, just shook his head i mean i think i put if i had six i wasn't a super eyeball hitter but i had to have a six iron or less to go for the green yeah you're like six iron are you kidding me you know i mean he used to be winging three woods up there you know and and so um but uh you know that was fun i mean that was yeah it was i was having a good spring i'd had a couple second place finishes things were going in a really good way um didn't have my best stuff at the Big 12 championship, but I, I had confidence mm-hmm. and I competed hard and I think I finished just outside the top 10. And then now all of a sudden Maxwell's next up and we're all playing together and I just, the game was was there. And, yeah. you know, just a real confidence boost to, to, to perform in front of your coaches every single shot that way. Um, it's a great format. Yeah, it? your yeah. teammates, you know. And, um, and I, I, I mean, I, I think something that has always inspired me and in some of the team events I've played, maybe while I've had success is I really care about the team results. Uh-huh. Um, I really, really do. And so uh, that almost was a uh, probably great, you know, as you're trying to win your first tournament, you know, I was watching how someone in that hole was doing and I knew I was playing, I needed to step up for the team, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was something, a purpose bigger than just myself and trying to win, win my first tournament, I think right. actually helped me, you know, helped me to, you know, just kind of keep the gas pedal down and, and play for something other than just trying to hang on to win a tournament. So yeah. played really well. I think I shot a couple 66s and a 64 maybe or uh-huh. something like that and just was uh, yeah. playing solid. Um, do you, obviously, you know, you have the, the team and you have the success in, you know, in 06. Do you go on, do you play Eisenhower that year or the following year? Yeah, I played Eisenhower that fall that after fall. that. Okay, uh-huh. where was that? Uh, it was... Uh, Cape Breton uh, in South Africa so it was was awesome and then I mean for people not listening that don't know what that is that's the World Amateur Team Championships that's a three man team and I might be off on Cape Breton Cape Breton might be is that that Nova Scotia is that where or I'm trying to I'm terrible on you yeah yeah. it was in South Africa I mean it was it was outside of Cape Town but I don't know if it was uh, I can't think of what the exact uh, the exact but Dezalza and Stellenbosch were the name of the courses okay and so I think Stellenbosch might also been sort of the the geography length uh, location there was a University of Stellenbosch there um, so winning winning national individually put you on that team then do you think yeah because I mean three man team in the US like I played it in Japan in 14 okay um 
I mean, what a tournament! Like you, you're there, and and it's interesting because the girls play the week before you. Yeah. And when I went yeah. to Japan, the girls were there, and there were TV crews and everything, yeah. and the guys would go a week early to kind of get used to it. And I was so pumped. And then when we teed it up, all the TV crews had yeah. gone because they right. they don't care for male golf no. in Japan uh-huh. at all. That's I was like, funny. What? What's right. going on here? Right. <laughs> uh, but who is that team with you guys? Um, you know, it ended up being Chris Kirk and yeah. Trip Keeney. Okay. Um, and. You know, Chris, it was actually supposed to be Webb Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Webb had actually broke his hand four days before we were supposed to leave over there. And so so Chris didn't even get there in time. I think he got there, pract- I mean, not even for practice rounds, like maybe the last two practice rounds or oh, something geez. like that. And then he played his tail off and finished second place individually. And really, you know, we didn't win as a team. Um, yeah. Definitely one of my, probably as I look back on golf, like biggest kind of like, wish it gone differently you know i just i i had good rounds going three of the four and then didn't finish them off you know just kind of my score was really counting was off to a good start and ended up kind of letting shots slide and so we ended up finishing third uh just maybe only like two or three shots out of Uh it so it was a close kind of and like i said uh chris played his tail off and trip played some good golf too and um but it was an awesome event really really fun event it's a special golf tournament wherever it is every two years over the world that gets you know it brings the best out and you know you go back through the history books and you see the guys who are in the top 10 individually in the top teams and you look at the tour and you're like oh it's a correlation there like most of the guys are up there yeah um the u.s team won my year that i played and it was bryson bo hostler and Danny McCarthy okay. played. Okay. And like watching Bryson hold a 10 foot putt on the last to beat Canada. Yeah. And I was just like, who is this dude? <laughs> right. Like, who is right. this guy wearing, you know, right. like a flat cap and he's putting with that brick putter at the time? Yeah. It's just like, this is nuts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, cra- and there were crowds around them at that point. Uh huh. Um, special real special you know just just traveling as well is always fun yeah yost luton i yeah. think is how you pronounce uh-huh. it yeah. but that's who i got paired with the last round and he finished um he 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 birdied he birdied a par four uh eagle to par five hold out his next shot for eagle on a par four and then had like two or three more birdies coming in. It was yeah. it was unbelievable over the last six holes this stretch, and uh, and then they won. You yeah. know, it was uh, and it meant so much to them. You know, to to win. Right. Um, it was it was really cool. You yeah. Know, it was really neat. When I was playing, when I was playing the, we we were we were not playing well, so we were off early every morning basically. And I remember just hanging out just to watch the guys, you know, full leaderboard and everything. And, and I remember looking at the leaderboard and Denny McCarthy was like seven under through nine on okay. the front nine. Okay. Just like, <laughs> I kind of careered it, shot one over. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Different world. Different, different yeah. world. I'm yeah. not going to be playing golf for the rest of my life. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but then the next year you go on to play Walker Cup at County mm-hmm. Down, mm-hmm. which looking back, I mean, that team that you guys had, other than, I guess, the most well the team that was two years ago that Marikara and Cam right. Champ were on was probably right. the best most stacked I would have said US teams yeah. right like, I think so I mean I think you look at it I mean just obviously you know you gotta have some time to see how these yeah, teams play out but um, so some of these more recent teams uh, give them a few more years yeah. but the things that all those players did on that team were, mm-hmm. uh, were awesome you know I mean Billy Horschel was up there yeah. chance to win just this last week I mean they're they're the best of the best out there. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's been really neat to see. Was that uh, one of your kind of first experiences of playing Lynx golf? 
Well, I, I played uh, partly how Pablo Martin ended up at school was I played at that same British boys oh, okay. that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reese won at Royal, gotcha. Royal County Down. So, so you're returning. Yeah. Or not Royal, but Hoylake, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'd, I'd gotten a little feel for Lynx golf and, and uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, you know, I know some Americans kind of, it's so different and they don't embrace it, but I, I loved Lynx golf. I mean, yeah. I still do. I think it's uh, the most... Probably if I could choose to play, you know, uh, golf for the rest of my life somewhere, I'd like to, I'd probably play more Lynx golf. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, everything about the creativity and um, was just really fun. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, loved it. And that that's a special golf course. Um, really, really neat golf yeah. course. It's uh, just the topography and, and uh, how many blind tee shots you have. And it was it was a nice we got we only had rain for maybe 15 minutes one day during a practice round. So we had a yeah. week of beautiful weather. Um, greens were pretty fast, uh, firm and fast course. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, you played, there were three Welshmen on that team. Uh, one of whom I played, I played a lot with Larry Matthews. He didn't play that much. I think no. he, he had a shank on, on live TV and laughed and yeah. Peter Alice rinsed yeah. him on live TV. Yeah. Um, so he, he did, his golf career didn't really plan out. Uh, obviously Reese, who you know real yep. well. Reese did very well, won a European Tour event. And then you also played against an angry, short Welshman named Nigel Edwards. Yeah, and Nigel which, was my, yeah, my he, partner at was, the end. Yeah, was, was who you teamed it up against. But yeah. what I loved about the story you told in McGraw's podcast is that, like, um, is it Buddy had come up to you yeah. and was like, you know, he's like, how are we doing? And he's right. like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, I would think it's the like coaching 101 of not not right. you know, what you not to say do, right yeah. you know it was uh i you know just just three putted on 17 from long range and missed a five footer and and that was you know you'd heard all these roars of the comeback that that gb and i was making that yeah. that afternoon i mean it's, it looked like it was over i mean it really did we swept that morning morning session and so um but man what a comeback they made and and when i asked him i mean it was it was point blank well you know jonathan if you uh if you would have made that putt back there that would have guaranteed that you would get a half point here and then that half point would guarantee that you know we would retain the cup and um but now it's you know you win the hole we win you tie we tie uh you lose we lose uh oh man um, Suck it up. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, and I think, you know, 10,000 tickets were supposed to be sold, but they said, you know, a couple thousand more had snuck in, they felt like, and so they were all all around that last hole, and that was, uh, it was quite a stage. I mean, it was uh, late in the day, and um, just sun was coming down, yeah. and uh, all those people around, and uh, yeah, just just remember hitting that four iron, uh, 252 yards, four iron. Um, it's debating between a five and a four iron with my caddy. It was so firm, and I'd done a good job all week of just, just playing up to things, you know, mm -hmm. and just not getting over greens, not getting even pin high too often. Because if you're off, off, yeah. then you were you were dead at that course. And so I was always coming up, playing underneath the hole, and uh, almost let the other players make the mistake. Mm -hmm. But you know, Nigel's in the middle of the fairway, and you're, you got the Walker Cup on the line, and and I said, what do you think, five or four? And so well, I think you do whatever, but you know, probably need a four if you're really going to get it there. And so it's like, well, we're getting it there. So, um, but I had kind of two feels that week. Uh, sort of, I would set my feet a certain way, my knees that would kind of create more of a fade. And okay. then I had kind of a waggle that would sort of help me feel a draw. And the way that hole shaped, that 
you land, if you go straight at it, it's running left to right. And if you can draw it, you kind of start running up the hill. And the wind was a little off the right. And so I just went with that draw feel. And, you know, it was almost just kind of one of those out-of-body experiences. Yeah. You know, you just hit it and you look up and it's like, like just you can't believe that the balls just kind of ride. I remember seeing flags, you know, just for a moment that were kind of in the distance blowing. And it was like your ball just kind of hit. And it was like something just pulled it right online, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, you almost can't even imagine yourself doing it, you know, and it, and it just, just kept chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing. And, uh, you know, it, it, an amazing shot. It, it ended up in that perfect spot, but I'll, I'll say too, it also ended up in that, I mean, that spot too, where it's like, I don't know that you can have more pressure either, you know, right. cause it's yeah. now you have a four, four and a half footer. You've that, stuffed it from 250. Yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah. it's like, you're expected to make this now, you yeah. know, it's not like you got a 15 footer that, uh, I mean, gosh, you know, you sure want it to go in, but if it didn't go in, no, yeah. I mean, now it's like, you gotta make this Eagle to win the thing. Um, and, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was inside. It was a right center putt that I pushed uh, right edge and then it broke in just to the inside. But yeah. I mean, you're so nervous. I mean, like, I mean, you just, you, you, uh, you just can't imagine just the feelings that are going on in your body. But, right. um, you know, I had, I had a, uh, a couple times in my life standing over some big putts where, you know, I just, I, I just kind of almost took myself back to when I was a young kid and my dad introduced me to kind of to help me sort of get better with my my alignment and set up these three rulers that I'd kind of make a, a T-square with that one was kind of for ball position. I could see just kind of my putter face being square and path. And then the other was kind of for, uh, you know, feet alignment. And, and, you know, I hit thousands of putts in my life on that thing. And I just tried to kind of imagine that I yeah. was I was on my rulers and, uh, you know, and that that was what I was doing, you know, and yeah. um it's it's always neat i think you get into those situations uh, sometimes you don't handle it well you know and your your mind goes the wrong way and, and you you completely fall on your face and fail and um but then there's other times where i think you know your senses get heightened and you 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 find this kind of clarity that that actually allows you to do better than you could have possibly done if it mm -hmm. was just you know, a, a kind of a nothing situation. Yeah. You know? So puck goes in and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I just, it's probably you know you watch videos and so a lot of my memories now are actually sure. just kind of seeing the video, um, not so much of what actually happened in person. Um, but yeah, I definitely know. I think yeah. Billy and and Colt and Jamie got out there pretty quick and were were, were lifting me up in the air. Right. Um, uh, I do. I do remember drinking quite a few Guinness that night. Yeah, I was so, gonna say, what yeah. was that night like? Yeah, uh, it was great. It was so fun. Um, just the Sleeve Donner hotels right on property there, and uh, there was a pub in the hotel, um, and yeah, just both teams, um, a lot of the RNA and USGA, you know, guys that you know the officials, but then also you know that are just kind of involved that had traveled over to be a part of it, and. Um, yeah, it was just, just a lot of fun. Um, just a chance to, I mean, you know, Nigel, he couldn't have been better. I mean, he came up and, you know, shook yeah. my hand and kind of hit me across the face a little bit, but also then handed me a, a Guinness, you know, and, yeah. and was uh, just, everyone had, was just excited about what we got to all be a part of for the week and uh, celebrated together, you know, had, had a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah. It, special moments. And, 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 you know, for golfers, team events don't come around that often. So that's yeah. kind of why they they are special, isn't yep. it? You know, yep. it's because of you know going the battle with a team of five or or a team of three or a team of what well, you know eight ten guys. Yeah. Like, 
it, that you know it's not like we don't get to do it every week do we so no. that's that's the fun part about it especially no. when you win yeah yeah exactly um and you know college golf that's i think what's what's special about yeah. it you know is um uh hopefully uh, you know I, I i probably rushed my college experience a little too soon and um I was a little older for my grade and, and now had kind of some opportunities and my real close friend group was a little older than me and they were leaving. And so I kind of just felt like I'd had an amazing college experience and, and yeah. I was ready to kind of move on. But, uh, you know, I, I really think rushing this, this stage is, is not the right thing to do yeah. because they're, they're like you said, you know, you only get a chance to be a part of a team golf, um, and this is really a team. I it mean, is, you know, the, yeah. you know we, we've gotten to know each other through through a lot of playing amateur golf, that group on the Walker Cup, and um, played the most of us played the Palmer Cup together, and and so we we we'd done a lot together. But still, it's not like the same relationship that yeah. you have with your college teammates. And so um, this is definitely a special time of life. Yeah, yeah. How are we on time? How much time do you have? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I probably can go just a little bit longer. Okay. I, have, I have a guy that I'm going to give a lesson to, but I told him, and, and he said he's got no, no schedule. So, okay. uh, yeah, so we can, uh, let cool. me see. He texted me. Yeah, he just said he's putting. I'll tell him we'll be wrapping up here in a little bit. Okay. Moving, I mean, to that point, then, you know, moving forward, um, you know, after that experience, you turn pro, you spend nine years as a pro, you play the Open at St. Andrews, you yeah. play a U.S. Open, like all of these amazing things. Um, but you met your wife in college, right? I did. So you you you, yeah, you married at this point mm -hmm. when you're a professional golfer, mm -hmm. traveling around the yep. world and, and yep. you know, trying to get to that next level. Yeah, yeah you know, the... <laughs> So I, I'm, I'm, I win the Maxwell, I win the regional championship, but, and then the next week or so later, I win the national championship. But in between the regionals and the national championship, probably the, one of the best things that ever happened in my life was uh, my wife, her twin sister, and her best friend, I, they came out to Karsten Creek. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not my wife at the time, but just a girl that I was really, sure. really into. And, uh, and I remember that's... Uh, Coach McGraw and the head pro at the time, they're just like, man, who are these girls? You know, Jay Moore, like he done. Well, what, are you, what is this? You know, but anyways, I took him fishing right out here on 18, and we all caught just huge fish. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I mean, I just think things were things were going well for me, you know. And uh, uh, but you know, so but my wife, um, we met in college, and. Uh, she made me chase her for quite a long time and uh, really had to work hard to uh, convince her to give me a chance. But um, yeah, we, we got married in 2009 um, and we traveled the world together um, yeah. because she had about a year left, uh, half a year, yeah, a year left after we got married to finish optometry school. Mm -hmm. And then um, really just a unselfish thing that she did is I mean she worked so hard for four years to be an optometrist yeah. well, what are you going to do you're going to go open your own practice you're going to go like that's you know what you yeah. spent all that time blood sweat and tears doing well she she really put that aside for to be able to come and support me and uh, has been just the biggest you know really supporter of my life for these last 13 years I mean she just uh, uh, a real tremendous belief in anything that I do and um, and so we had a blast. I mean, we just went all over the world and, yeah. and um, played the Asian tour. And while we were absolutely trying to make it on the PGA tour that whole time, um, I think we really had a great time together. Yeah. And, uh, each week being in a different part of the world and taking that all in. And uh, we were probably tourists that were 
just getting a chance to make a little bit of money playing golf right. on the side, you know, is, is really how we approached yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and, and our best years is definitely that's how we approached it. It was when we kind of tried to get too serious about it probably is when uh, I didn't play as well. Yeah. Cause, um, it was uh, it was definitely an adventure. But um, yeah, I have a very, uh, a very special wife. So she, uh, you know, I, I said early on, I get a chance to be around excellence every single day. Um, and that's that's definitely in my job, but it's yeah. it's even more so in my home uh, environment right now with with my son who has special needs. Um, just watching what my wife's done for him, um, you know, we found out about his diagnosis when he was about five months old. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's undiagnosed, but just that there was challenges. Yeah. Um, but just watching what she's done for him uh, has been uh, been amazing. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, that's she's you know you, you get married and and you know, you know a lot of a lot of it is you know they, they look really pretty and you know and there's you know and yeah sure they're pretty, you know like you right. get to know them and their character but oh man I, I had no idea the character that my wife had and and uh, and how she supported me and then the advocate uh and the love and support she's given mm-hmm. uh to my son over the last few years it's yeah, been, yeah yeah it's been unbelievable so yeah, like I said nine years as a, as a as a touring pro. I mean, with your wife with you, which, I mean, that's that's a great. Play. I mean, when you're traveling around the Asian tour too, right? Yeah. All these countries, all this different dialects, all different money going on. Like, yeah. I mean, to to really you really find out who a person is when you're traveling. Exactly. You know, so I can't think of a better foundation right. for you guys. You know, to to go through and figure out who, who you know what you who you right. really are at that it, point. So true. Yeah, um, you don't you don't have mom and dad to no. go kind of you know, figure things out, you know, like you had yeah. to kind of really come together. And, uh, uh-huh. and so it was, it was, it was kind of a, an amazing breeding ground for yeah. that, that I don't think we, we realized, uh, at the time what it kind of, what it was setting us up for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was bigger than just golf, but, yeah. um, yeah, it was, it was neat. Well, so fast forward, I know, I know we're running short on time, but I want to touch on obviously, you know, the reason that you're here in the strength yeah. and conditioning side. Yeah. And, and I, from doing, you know, listening to your previous podcast with McGraw, you talked about Tiger and fitness and kind of that's originally, I think, what yeah. got you into fitness, yep. right? Because Tiger was the only one doing it. You know, after, after you know, you're, you're a professional golfer and you think, okay, like, it comes a time mentally and physically, like, this is not working out. Yep. I want to have a family. Right. I want to build a life. Right. How does the opportunity come up here? And had, yeah, do, you, do you have kids at that point? Is you, was your son yep. born at that point? I had, uh, I had my daughter and okay. we just traveled playing a year in Canada mm-hmm. um, and then uh, my son I was we were pregnant with my son uh, so he wasn't born yet um, but I uh, yeah I just you know I, I just wasn't playing very good to be honest I mean uh, I was enjoying golf probably the most I ever had at the time and in some ways I think my maturity was really really good um, but I just it was kind of hitting four shots offline that you know yeah. around that that just was hard to hard to score very well and so um yeah i, I kind of got excited i actually um started finishing my degree uh and almost now all of a sudden i had options i think you mm-hmm. know I, I really hadn't didn't have any when i started my degree finishing it really any intention to try to uh like that i was going to stop playing um 
I just, Coach Holder had always been on me about finishing and uh, felt like I should. So yeah. you actually probably will play better if you do get your degree. You know, you need to just, you need to finish what you started. And so, um, and so I did. And, uh, and then I wasn't playing very good. And I think I, I was excited maybe about trying something different. And so there's an amazing program called the GIFT program. Uh, it stands for Gray Institute for Functional Transformation. And the Gray Institute, they're world-renowned leaders in uh, functional movement. And they train physical therapists, chiropractors, strength and conditioning coaches, anyone. They kind of they group you into sort of kind of a movement therapist. And uh, uh, so Dr. Gary Gray, Dr. David Tiberio, they kind of run this, it's a year long program basically where uh, most of it's online, multiple, multiple hours a week. And it's a deep dive into biomechanics and, and really trying to understand yeah. kind of the miracle of the human body. And so um, they'd be the first to admit that we know very little, but yeah. just trying to understand this thing. And uh, and so I I told Coach Bratton that I was, I think I was, I'm, I'm getting ready to be done playing um, and I'm gonna, go through this program and educate myself the best that I can and continue to do that down the road to try to, to be the best strength coach that I could be movement professional that I would have wanted when I was in college, you know, that, you know, I, I just wish that there would have been someone that knew what I knew. It was kind right. of what I was going for, you know, and, and, uh, and I said, and I'd love to help our team if you're open and he's gosh, like, you know, and, uh, kind of just was like, yeah, that'd be amazing. Like you go ahead, get after it, you know, yeah. and we'll, we'll get you on board. And so, um, super thankful for him for just kind of the trust that, that he had and, right. and in me. And, um, you know, I think that's around here. A lot of, a lot of it is we believe in, in hiring the person. Um, and then after that, you know, just that, you know, they'll kind of figure out the tools that they need, you know, and, um, yeah. coach Holder always speaks a lot about that, you know? And, and so, uh, Thankfully, that's kind of the, they took a chance on me to, to get involved. And, um, and then I've just had a great run of, I had a great, you know, mentors have been so important in my life. And the basketball strength and conditioning coach had been training the men's golf team at the time, Jake mm -hmm. Manselman, who has since this, this year, he, he moved back to St. Louis to, to help that team. But um, we worked together for the, the last four years with the golf teams. And, you know, he had a, a master's recognition through the CSCS and just a, a really, really good at what he, what he does. But it is super humble. Uh, here's this guy coming in and we just collaborated. And uh, so a real testament to who he was, became great friends. And I got a chance to really learn kind of under him, you know, so sure I'd learned some things, but you know, the practical side is, uh, yeah. is, is a big difference, you know, and just kind of how to maneuver through a college weight room when you got all the other teams and, and how to just try to make that experience the best for the athletes. And so, yeah. so I had a lot to learn, even though, um, I think my background in golf and then the education I got through the Gray Institute has definitely given me a, a an understanding of kind of the swing, the mechanics of it, how then to to look at that and train the body mm -hmm. to uh, to be the you know the best equipped to handle the demands of the sport. Um, but I had a great great education from Jake then yeah. to kind of help me get my feet underneath me. And, uh, and so now it's my fifth year, he's not here anymore. And so I've kind of been, been on my own this year, uh, you know, fully kind of in, in charge of that side of the program. And, uh, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's been a new experience again, a new challenge and, um, and I, and I really enjoy it. 
Yeah, and it's I mean becoming more and more important every day, right? And I mean, it's starting to get over the last five years or maybe even eight, nine years, it's starting to get more coverage and golfers yeah. should be going to the gym more and figuring right. out. And speed is now the right. biggest thing, right? It's how do you build speed and yep. how do you maintain that speed and look right. after your body? And not everyone is Bryson who can put you know, in six months transform no. his entire body no. or, or put that dedication in, but. Um, you know, it, it's, I guess, and one thing Taylor said on a past podcast was like, it's not necessarily about speed and it's about longevity as well. Right. You know, you right. want to be out here for a long time doing this as long as possible. Exactly. You know, you don't want to like have a great college career and then, you know, because you haven't been working on the right stuff, you, you know, you're ruined right. or you're like Tiger's had a million surgeries and he's right. still figuring it out. Um, so that's super important. I'm sure the kids appreciate it. It's really important. Yeah. So, and, uh, and so, you know, there's, there's definitely uh, an emphasis on helping them to become, you know, generate more speed. You know, you can, I don't know if this is still, but just a couple of years back, I know when a couple of our players were, were turning pro, if you had 180 mile an hour ball speed or higher, that meant yeah. something to, you know, if a company was looking at two players and they're going to give them money, that, that meant something to them, yeah. you know? So um, that number might be 185 now, you know, it might, but so helping helping these players have speed is important um but you hit the the nail on the head with and what taylor said i mean that's you know the longevity and, and being able to kind of um maintain that for year after yeah. year that that that's a big deal so um, whenever you got to take a break because you're hurt you know there's just more than just your body probably ends up suffering you know and right. so uh just to be able to tee it up week in week out that's that's a big deal yeah, everyone wants to hit it a mile, right? Yeah. But they also right. got to hit it straight right. and repeatable. Right. You know, be doing. I, I saw a video, I think, of Rory on one of the TaylorMade shoots recently, and he just pegged up three balls and he is absolutely hammering them. And, you know, and a friend of mine was like, why doesn't he do that every day? Yeah. Like, because he has to hit fairways. Yeah, exactly. And there's no way he could do it every right. day. You know, right. and he's like yeah. flying at 360 through the yeah. air. So yeah. Like, for a guy who's that small, it's incredible it's power. But you can't, you can't do it all the time. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not going to last long. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the big things at the Gray Institute that we, like, kind of anchor to is um, it's trying to create a buffer in a sense. Mm -hmm. So there's a uh, – within your body, you have kind of a, a resources buffer that means, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really only accessing – hopefully, you know, 70, 80% yeah. of what I actually can do, you know, and then I can still perform and still get the performance that I'm looking for. Cause whenever you start kind of bumping up into end ranges of things, well, then that's where you're kind of, uh, the wear and tear and yeah. the injuries start to happen. And so you'd like for people to have, uh, you know, a buffer in their, their mobility and their stability, their strength, um, you know, kind of the, where they don't, you know, they're not, uh, you know they're not maxing out you know so i mean you, yeah. you can't max out every single time you know um but yeah. but the gym it's it's changing i think you know you see more more people appreciating the fact that it's uh um <laughs> you know the the most a lot of how our strength and conditioning programs came about is through powerlifting and powerlifters what they do looks nothing like what what golf looks like yeah. and really what most athletic things look like because just moving a lot of weight, you move it very slowly. Um, and so uh, learning actually that the rate at which you move something is probably more important than just this long, yeah. big effort to move a lot of weight. Um, and so so there's, there's neat things that are happening, I think, where um, 
that I think are benefiting golf more and more where uh, recognizing the loads don't have to be quite as heavy mm-hmm. and uh, thinking more about training and just not just kind of these this you know squats and deadlifts and bench press and stuff you know those are those are good foundational movements and you can have a little bit of that in there um but man if 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 all of your exercises look just like that um you're probably uh you're probably missing the boat show muscles right yeah exactly (laughs) exactly well man i know you gotta go and 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 pour into these kids and, and and give some golf lessons and and i mean just you know be a coach to to these to these young kids out there but um, one of the things that, that is just kind of sent, you know, the things I keep coming back to and things you've talked about today is, you know, it, it's not just about golf. You know, you, you know, you talk about, um, you know, multiple times in this podcast, Coach Holder has been there for you, right? McGraw has been there for you. But, you know, it, and, and, and the fact that when you were playing, you know, Coach Holder's like, you should finish school, yeah. right? Like, and also the fact that the relationship with you, the school has with the alumni, yeah. You know, like a lot of schools are just, oh, you guys are out on tour now. I'm just focusing on what's here. It's yeah. building that relationship and keeping that community. Yeah. And that's not just the golf team. It's with every team. Right. And, and this school in general, it's something that I, I just kind of keeps getting reminded of every time I do a podcast with someone yeah. who's who's a student or a coach of Oklahoma State that, you know, it, it's not about your your sport specifically it's about the people the school and and what this town is about so it's really special and i I mean i get the same feeling from you and the stories that you've told um for people listening i'm going to definitely link you back to mcgraw's podcast because no there's a lot of things we didn't talk about that you touch on there that's super important to your story um you know your 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 brother which you touched on your son jt you know is is doing great but just all of that stuff and 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 i know we could talk for hours about you know your faith as well which we didn't touch on but for people listening, you know, to get a lot more of the, I guess, behind the scenes, less than golf stuff, definitely go listen to that podcast because because uh, it's incredible and, and you'll definitely get uh, a sense for who you are off the golf course as well as on the golf course. For people listening, tell them about, I guess, your app, how they can yeah. reach out to you if they're interested, you know, yeah. in, in you know, instruction or, or, or that stuff because, right. you know speed is a big topic longevity in the golf game you know i'm 31 and i'm i got i have to warm up properly before yeah. i play golf now yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah tell, tell us about your app and then how yeah. people can reach out to you sure yeah so that was a fun little covid project um and there's an app that now that i have called more power golf um like my last name more. great name yeah and uh and so uh yeah it's it's been a lot of fun i uh there's within the app there's um a combination of kind of exercises and golf specific exercises that people can can access and then there's also just you know golf's my background as well and so um, you know several different subcategories within golf as well to, to help you with your golf game yeah. so um, it's a one-time purchase of nine dollars and 99 cents so um, it's uh, I think everyone you know it's something there's something there for everyone and uh, within the app you can do uh, you can submit your swings to me and you know, get a virtual lesson that's just under $25. So that's, uh, that's kind of fun. And I've, you know, I have people kind of all, all around the country that yeah. utilize that. And, um, but it's also started kind of a, an in-person, you know, lesson, uh, business for me as well. And so I, I, uh, you know, with, with the, with the golfers, I, my day start early with them on the college players and I, and I'm with them and I help them kind of with their warmups and getting, getting out to the course. And then, and then after that point, you know, if there's anything I need to do for that job or, you know, there's some lessons I, I do that as well and so um yeah so i give lessons to people in the community or uh people from outside the state even have been coming in so it's 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 really fun um 
Got a, again, just can't think of a better facility to get to use than this, uh, Karsten Creek. And so, um, yeah, so my app, More Power Golf, um, you know, you can always just private message me on Instagram or anything like that. And uh, I'm happy to get yeah. in touch with you and help you out. Awesome. Well, for people listening, I'll put the links to the app and uh, Jonathan's Instagram in the description. And, um, mate, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate yeah. this. It's a great story and, and one of, you know, that the people can take a lot from um, overcoming so many things, you know, going through the, the full swing yips <laughs> to winning, you know, winning a national championship. Like, that's... You know, and not to mention the stuff off the golf course as well. And, you know, that that's that's huge life experience and stuff like that. But I uh, appreciate what you do. Appreciate you pouring into these kids out here. Uh, I'm sure they appreciate it too. And and they'll look back and maybe you have your own podcast one day. You start telling <laughs> stories on. Um, you'd be like one. You'd be like Colt Nose, one of your old teammates who yeah. now has an amazing podcast. He does. Uh, which is hilarious to listen to him talk about it. But um, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yes, and sir. for people listening, uh, we will catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.